0: Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and editor in chief of the five-minute clinical consult series. Be sure to visit primedcom podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article, and to claim CME CE credit. Marilyn and Bernie have come in for their annual visit. They are just back from Florida where they are snowbirds for three to four months every winter. you finishing the visit with them and Marilyn says, so, did Bernie tell you I had to pick him up a few times this past year? Hi, this is Frank Domino and joining me today is Dr. Jill Terian, Associate Professor and Director of the Nurse Practitioner Programs at the University of Massachusetts Medical School Graduate School of Nursing Good morning, Jill.
1: Good morning, Frank.
0: So falls in the seniors, what a common problem. Um, How common are they and what are the risk factors for falls?
1: Actually, the the data show that about 30% of people over the age of 65 that live in the community have a fall every year. Wow, that's amazing. It is, and 10% have greater than two falls a year. Uh, I I believe that. So what are the risk factors for falls in senior citizens? They can be many. The the largest is due to gait and imbalance disturbances and an an impairment of that, or there could be a combination. Some of the most prominent reasons that people fall are medications, which can include over-the-counter meds, so we always want to ask about that alcohol, visual deficits, impairment in cognition or mood, and also the environment. And the environment meaning, you know, what's inside their home and what's outside their home. Mainly thinking about winter and slips, trips, and falls on ice.
0: So so now we've just, Marilyn's just embarrassed Bernie by bringing up his falls. How do we go about uh, querying Bernie about these falls and, and starting the workup?
1: How you should go about it is like several other things we do, incorporate it in your natural conversation about assessing risk. So asking, now that Marilyn has outed Bernie, it's asking him about the fall and the circumstances that surrounded it.
0: Great, um, so, so asking about how the fall occurred and what, what was going on, um, what, what kind of things do you want to check on?
1: My first inclination is to ask, is this related to syncope? Did the patient actually have dizziness? and fall to the ground and also do they remember the fall so you know you are assessing the level of consciousness and also knowing how did it occur like I went outside and I slipped on the ice and I fell back and hit my head and I saw stars so you would think it's from a concussion if it's more like dizziness and fainting and not remember the incidents you're thinking more like syncope.
0: Okay so um, once you rule out syncope um, what's the next things we need to do Uh, physical exam wise or or working triaging these falls in seniors
1: if we go back to Marilyn and Bernie it would be asking again the circumstances of the fall and then finding out what occurred after that did it limit any of the activity did they have any injury and then it's going with okay if it wasn't related to syncope and I'm not sending them off for an evaluation for that, what can we do as far as keeping them in a healthy state and risk of falls? And that is basically prescribing exercise. But first, you you can examine the gait, and their balance and their strength in your office. How
0: do you how do you examine their, their gait
1: and balance? There's a test called the timed up and go test or the tug test and it's very simple to do. You have your patient sit in an office chair. You don't want them using the arms so you can have them cross their arms across their chest and you time them and you tell them to go and the rule is they get up, they walk 10 feet, they turn, they walk 10 feet back and they sit down and you time them and if they are of you know good strength good balance they should be able to do this in about 10 seconds or less okay the and younger they are and the more fit they are they're going to do it definitely in less than 10 seconds
0: all right so let's say bernie can't quite pull that off he can't he can't manage to get himself up without using his arms let alone get back and forth across the room in in 10 seconds how do we go about treating patients who have had falls? What are what are some key areas we want to um, initiate in the course of, of of treating his high risk for future falls?
1: So we want to strengthen him for sure, and this can be done in a few different ways. It can be done informally where you actually go through the exercises with them, give them a pamphlet to do at home, and make that prescribed recommendation. If you think they need more formal instruction, of course we can rely on our physical therapy colleagues and get them started on a regimen. Um, I would say that I'd want to know, what does Bernie do or any patient do on a a regular basis in a week for any sort of formal exercise? Are they walking? Are they, you know, having trouble performing their activities of daily living? And what is it, what's their quality of life like? So that you can, rather than just say, I want you to go to physical therapy, you have to know if they're going to go and do they have access to those resources, both from their insurance, but also from a reason of yes I agree with this treatment and I'm gonna do this.
0: Seniors in my experience tend to have a great deal of free time and that often is spent sitting, watching television or just sitting reading in general and so they they don't get as much activity as as was when they were working. I do know that Medicare will cover strength and balance training through physical therapy and so when I have a patient like Bernie I don't hesitate to encourage, say that the most important thing I need to do is get them to be stronger and that we need to do that in a formal way because the leading risk of them dying in the next year is a fall. What else besides strength and balance training can we address?
1: We want to look at their uh, blood pressure. We could do uh, a check for orthostatic hypotension right there in the office. Now I've read about you know, various ways of doing it. You can do the lying down to sitting up to standing, but you can do it in less of a time if they aren't able to lay down and get in the different positions for, you know, various reasons, one being possibly arthritis. So you can do, um, check for orthostatic hypotension. You want to know is anything making their blood pressure drop and making their balance unstable from that aspect. Then looking at medication specifically, polypharmacy, we always know less is better, and looking at um, are they on a loop diuretic or any sort of an antipsychotic, anything that could change their blood pressure to cause them to be off balance when they change position. And you wanna look at their environment, you know, you can ask them, what do you have at home? Do you have small pets you trip over? Do you have, you know, uneven floors and scatter rugs? Or you could have a formal home ins- assessment with, with nursing.
0: A patient came in just last week who had fallen in the shower because she didn't have handholds. And she said she used to have them for when her husband was alive, but lent them to a friend and now doesn't want to get them back. So absolutely,
1: environment's huge. Any, any other things we need to do? There has been evidence that if a patient has depression, it puts them at a fairly high risk for falls. So doing an assessment for depression would be a very simple thing you could do in the office and make sure that, you know, you're, you're checking their mood.
0: I think you're right. Uh, I didn't realize until you showed me this paper that depression had such a huge influence. Actually, depressive symptoms have an even bigger influence on falls than things like area rugs and and that sort of thing. So something I'm certainly going to add to my approach when I deal with patients who've had a fall or at risk of falling.
1: The other thing, Frank, I want to bring up is nutrition. And what you want to do, you could ask, what have you eaten in the last 24 hours? Or what's a typical day? you know, meals like for you and snacks. You want to make sure they're getting enough protein. It's been demonstrated that 25 grams of protein a day is important and that it contributes to uh, strength, gait, and balance.
0: I think we know that seniors atrophy very quickly and so adding the protein makes, makes really good sense. Jill, this is a fantastic paper. It's totally changed how I approach patients at risk for falls.
1: One last little factoid, Frank, is that falls cost approximately $50 billion a year to our healthcare system.
0: Wow, amazing. All right, we've got our marching orders, no pun intended. Thanks, Jill. Thanks, Frank. Practice pointer. For your patients 65 and older, ask, how often have you had a fall at their annual visit and incorporate in-office-based testing for maximal prevention? Join us next time when we talk about behavioral therapies, including Kegel treatments for men with overactive bladder. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primemed.com slash podcast and see you next week.